Hello and welcome to Revolution by Out of Spec Motoring. Of course, I'm Kyle, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you can listen to this in audio format, and if you're listening to it on our podcast, we'll have visuals in the YouTube format as well, so feel free to pick your preference. As you guys know, I spend a lot of time road tripping electric cars, and I had just completed a solid month-long 13,500-mile road trip in uh, my Model 3 long-range rear-wheel drive, where along that trip, uh, we actually set the cannonball record from New York to L.A. in an electric car. Of course, most of you have heard about that by now, and you'll see our stories come up on a few other platforms. But I'd like to recap the trip, tell you a little bit about what we learned, the fun along the way, some of our funny stories, and uh, sort of how we were able to do this trip uh, as well as the cannonball. And then if you guys want, leave uh, some comments down below. Uh, I'm happy to go super in-depth on the cannonball and sort of walk everyone through each charging stop, our methodology for each individual leg, and how that all played out. So this is going to be a shorter podcast, of course, because we're going to be using it cross-platform on YouTube and on our podcast side. So um, thanks again for following along, but let's get into it right away. Between July 22nd and August 22nd, exactly one month, uh, I had driven my Model 3 13,443 miles. Uh, really amazing trip. I stopped and saw family. I, uh, you know, we set the cannonball record, but let's talk about where this all came from. So the cannonball has sort of been this run that I've been wanting to do for a really long time. Ever since Alex Roy set the record uh, in the mid-2000s, it really sparked a new passion for cannonball enthusiasts to explore what it means to cross the country as quickly as possible with the new challenges of the modern road network compared to the 70s and 80s. After Alex set his record, you know, we had a few other attempts and there are still plenty of attempts in gas cars every year, but Ed Bullion set the record in 28 hours, 50 minutes in his AMG Mercedes. And I would say that is going to be a tough one to beat. Maybe not impossible, but certainly not a record I'm going to be attempting anytime soon. However, with the advent of electric cars, a lot of us have gotten into EVs, of course, our followers especially. We all love, you know, sort of innovation when it comes to technology and transportation. So I said, well, let's take both of these passions, merge them together, and let's go do a cannonball in an electric car. We're certainly not the first ones to do it. However, we are the first ones to go from New York to L.A. Uh, in an electric car. Normally, they go west to east. There's a lot of benefits going west to east for a cannonball. You get tailwinds, you get extended nightfall, uh, so you gain an extra three hours of darkness, which in theory you could travel faster at night. And um, you also are fresh and awake for the part of the trip where you can really put the hammer down and fly out in the desert. When you go east to west, you're pretty tired by the time you get to Texas and Arizona, where you know hopefully that's when you're going to be making up a lot of your time. So my co-driver, Matthew, is uh, an amazing guy. He and I have been friends for years, and I wouldn't have been able to do the run without him at all. I mean, he had <laughs> anything from cleaning out the car from garbage <laughs> at every stop to uh, actually driving the car on, on three or four legs. He really uh, made this trip possible. So it is not a me thing. It was an us as a team. And uh, I'm, I'm so happy that he was able to do it with me. Matthew's an awesome guy. And maybe we'll see him doing some more cannonball stuff one day in the future. We'll see. 
The trip started really when I left home in North Carolina to go down to Florida and I swapped the wheels from the sport wheels to the aero wheels on my Model 3 off of my mother's Model 3. She just purchased it a couple of weeks ago. I said, Mom, I got to steal your wheels and tires. We're going to go set a record. And she uh, thankfully agreed to take the sport wheels off of my car. I'm letting her keep those. She can have them. I'll be getting the 20 inch wheels for my car anyway. And uh, so she was happy with that, as was I. And that was like a, you know, 1800 mile round trip just to swap the wheels. Matthew and I met in North Carolina the next day and we drove straight to New York where the following day we left the Red Ball garage to embark on our cannonball journey. Now we left at exactly five o'clock in the morning just so we could do easier time calculations. If we left at 5.07, we'd have to add seven minutes to everything when we were doing our calculations. So we just wanted to leave on the dot at five o'clock AM. And we certainly did. Um, we blasted out of New York city. You know, thankfully we got a lot of green lights, maybe one or two reds, but they were very short. We come flying out of the tunnel and I immediately take a wrong turn. Now this wrong turn, uh, cost us probably 15 minutes of going out of the way, but uh, you know, we had considered the option of going back and restarting, but traffic was building up at that point. So we decided, hey, let's just put the hammer down through Pennsylvania and try and make up as much time as possible. And that's exactly what we did. We come flying through Pennsylvania, allegedly, uh, at very high speeds where we encounter a few obstacles such as a RV going around a corner and its sewage tank sort of split open and we got covered in crap down the side of the car. Uh, we also made one maneuver where, where another RV cut us off. We had to get into full ABS brakes to avoid it. Now, you would think the Cannonball is a pretty dangerous kind of run, but it, actually quite the contrary. To my knowledge, there's never been a, a serious accident in a Cannonball type event, um, at least that I'm aware of. And uh, it really does feel like the safest kind of driving you could ever be doing. And the reason for that is you are on paying attention, thinking ahead a hundred percent of the time. You are never driving behind the wheel lackadaisically. You are monitoring traffic. You're looking at patterns. You are knowing exactly where you have to go and you're trying to not piss everyone off as you fly past them. So there is a balance between just hauling butt by everyone versus kind of slowing down for the truck, slowing down to let's say 90 miles an hour. So you're not blowing the doors off of them and then going past. Now, this is not going to be a how to break our record cannonball run. I actually think our record is really strong. It's uh, going to be broken at some point uh, by the time we see electric cars charge a little bit better and uh, have a little more range and efficiency. We'll see. We're certainly not expecting to hold the record forever, but I think it is a very solid representation of the technology we have today and the times that we can go across the country. So after we come out of Pennsylvania, we really had a huge lead on the previous records time, and um, we get into a lot of construction through the midway of the country. I'll link below to a video on our on the VinWiki channel that's run by Ed Bullion, who holds the gas car record right now, and uh, we really walk you through each stage of the trip on that particular video, so that'll be linked. What I really wanted to talk about on our side was how the car performed and our methodology for charging. So we never ran into any overheating issues on the car, which is great. The Model 3's cooling system is extremely powerful. It seems to do a great job. We kept AC on the whole time, of course, and we charged at 26 different supercharging locations across the country. 
Now, there's a few things where, of course, as you know, the DC fast chargers do tend to wear out some components. So we may have had to switch posts mid-charging sessions sometimes just to make sure we were keeping it at the peak that the charge curve in the car would allow. Um, but we never really saw too many other Teslas charging. And, and the charging infrastructure right now is so strong uh, that you can really fly from charger to charger and, and you're not really going on these big distances. And that's the methodology we took. We said, let's charge until the car starts to cut power, uh, cut your charging speed, maybe around 55, 60%. And then we would move on to the next one and pull in as low as possible. Um, we never, never left a charger early if we were pulling above 140 kilowatts because we were going to use that energy at some point in the future. Um, but as soon as the charge started to taper, we would see if we can make it to the next supercharger. And if we could, we would leave immediately. So the whole fun part about the EV cannonball right now is it's not... Um, as I would say, uh, tiring as the gas car runs, even though it is longer. You hop from supercharger to supercharger, which can be tedious, but you do get a 15-minute break or so uh, every time you stop. So that's enough to go use the restrooms, reset the nav systems, plan for the, the leg ahead, check ways, and then by the time all that's done, you're ready to go. So you really get this nice, refreshing break every hour and a half or so, which is really, really great. In total, we spent seven hours and 48 minutes stopped, probably closer to seven hours, 20 minutes, or maybe just a little under that charging the car. Uh, of course, because we had to sit at stoplights to get to chargers from time to time. Although I would say we got relatively lucky uh, with actually exiting the highway, having chargers right there and being able to just fly off the highway, plug in and jump back on. That's a huge risk in this type of event, of course, where you just don't know what's going to happen every time you exit the highway, whether it's traffic or congestion in the city, but we got really lucky. So some stats for the trip for everyone so you can see <laughs> what we did, and I'll overlay some pictures from the run as well as I'm talking here. Um, our maximum speed was 140 miles per hour, which we had hit multiple times, and that's really because the car is limited to 140 miles per hour. That's not the most efficient way of driving, of course. We were on a cannonball. It's kind of fun. But really, some of those stretches, you can go wide open, uh, you know, especially as you start getting into the western states. Our moving average was 76 miles per hour across the whole run. And I think that was really brought down, especially all the way from Ohio to Indianapolis, uh, right, right on the edge of that, mainly because of just dense traffic. Uh, really dense traffic in Indianapolis. We got stuck in three hours of bumper to bumper traffic, huge amount of rain and headwind. So um, even though we beat Alex's record by five hours and the Swiss family, the Thompson's record by about three hours, um, we still got stuck in a lot of traffic. Our overall average for the entire trip of the 2,850 mile drive or so was 63 miles per hour. And our time, of course was 45 hours, 16 minutes, uh, which is a new record by a significant margin. Now, this was really going to be our test run for the cannonball, but everything came together and got us the record. Now, I'm not saying I won't do the cannonball ever again, but I think for now, I think it's nice just to sit back, relax, and then we'll see these times decrease over the coming years. Um, and, and of course, it's fun to be in this fraternity of lunatics, as it's called, for all these cannonballers. The traditional route of cannonballers from the Red Ball Garage in New York City 
to the Portofino Hotel and Marina. It used to be called the Portofino Inn in Redondo Beach, California, which is West LA, of course. And we decided to take the traditional route. And we had mentioned that there are some disadvantage to doing so. And there are records for transcontinental cannonball records going west to east. But this is really a record that was uh, true to my heart. I wanted to keep it in the spirit of the original runs, which I appreciated so much. So we decided to do it and go against all odds and go east to west. And it paid off. Of course, you'll hear our stories through VinWiki and other things, but I would like to just say, like, pulling into the Portofino Hotel after completing this massive journey with Matthew was really interesting. I did not know what to expect and what this would mean to me, and I really just went and decided, let's go as fast as we could, but... Um, it was really a situation of, I'm not really sure what's next to do. This was such a big goal to accomplish. Um, of course it's not the overall fastest run, but it is still amazing that we were able to do this in an electric car. And, uh, really the first thing we did was let's just book a hotel. We're tired. We want to go to bed. Of course we called our parents and let them know and then posted on Facebook and that's where it all got picked up. But, um, the whole point of this run was not really to, publicize anything. This was a run for me really to just accomplish a life goal. And, uh, it seems a lot of people have taken notice, which is really amazing. So after the run, of course, you know, we're about four or 5,000 miles into this trip now, uh, on our month, on my month long journey in the model three, we started getting calls from a few friends in the industry who I've reached out to a couple times. We've had some conversations, but now we're like, Hey, let's, let's actually do some things. So Matt Farah from The Smoking Tire invited me to come on his podcast, The Smoking Tire Podcast, which was really cool. This is a show I listened to every single episode, and never in a million years did I expect to be able to go on The Smoking Tire Run, or sorry, The Smoking Tire Podcast. So thanks again to Matt. That was an amazing time. We had a great conversation. If you hadn't heard it yet, I'll link the podcast down in the description. And, um, I think we did a really uh, nice job covering Tesla as a company and, uh, Ed Niedermeyer's new book, which is called ludicrous. I have it actually the camera's sitting on his book right now, so I can't show it to you, but I'm excited to read it starting tonight. And, um, we also talked just electric cars in general. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about EVs and we covered a lot of that, which was really great. After the Smoking Tire podcast, I hung out in California for a couple days and I went down to a company uh, in uh, San Diego or North San Diego. I can't remember the exact uh, name of the town, but they're a company that um, basically takes Chatamo charging and adds them to electric vehicles that don't currently have DC fast charging. They also have adapters and a few other things, but it was very cool. I got to play around with a Ford Ranger EV, a factory Ford Ranger EV, which is so rare and so cool, uh, as well as a couple second generation RAV4 electrics and a Mercedes B-Class. So that was a really cool experience. And I want to thank Tony Williams from Quick Charge Power for having me down and being able to shoot some things there. And you'll see on our channel, we filmed some stuff with the RAV4 and the Ford Ranger. So that'll be up there soon on the YouTube channel. After I'd finished up with Tony Williams, it was pretty much straight to Phoenix, Arizona. However, it was the middle of the night. I stopped at a destination charger in uh, Coachella, California, which is where they have a big music festival. It was very cool. I'd never been there. Uh, and uh, it was very cool to see all of that. Wasn't going on at the time, but it was cool to see the area. And um, 
And then now we really started, uh, you know, to, to work on out of spec. The whole plan for the run was let's go across the country, set the record for me. That was really cool. But let's meet with all of these players in the Tesla world, the electric car world, and just get a handle on what's going on in the industry. Um, because the point of out of spec motoring is to really cover the entire industry's moves. We are not a Tesla specific channel. We are not a uh, Audi Volkswagen channel. We like anything to do with innovation when it comes to transportation and figuring out how to have as much fun with it. So I found this company, Gruber Motor Company in Phoenix, Arizona. And they are really cool. I hope you've seen our videos on them. There's one more coming after this. And um, they do some really wild things with Teslas. So I went there, we shot the video um, series on them, and I think people are really enjoying it. I had a great time. I learned so much about the original Roadsters and what happens to flood damage Model S's. So please take a look at that. And, and Pete and his son, Pete, were... <laughs> fantastic hosts and we had a really good time. So I hope our video helps their business a little bit and getting them out in the public eye. I know we already spoke, sparked some news articles for them. So that was really good. After Phoenix, I, I uh, hopped in the car. I was actually charging on an original Roadster wall charger, a 70 amp one. The Model 3 only takes 48, of course. And uh, I went straight to Colorado. So I am a big fan of Colorado. I want to live there. It's an amazing state. It's my favorite state and uh, hung out with some friends, which was very cool. Went up into the mountains and just relaxed and, and chilled. So now we're after Colorado for a couple days, starting to head east to Missouri. And in Missouri, I stopped in to see EVTV with Jack Ricard. Now, Jack, uh, if you haven't seen his videos are extremely long and in-depth and is probably uh, one of the largest innovators when it comes to electric transportation, as well as solar power uh, generation and storage. So I'm a, I, I really followed Jack for a number of years. I love his videos. I love what he's doing. And I, I decided I need to go see him. So six hours later into our conversation, we realized, hey, it's nightfall. We have no time to shoot any videos. And I'll be going back out there again at some point in the future to film some things with Jack. After that, stopped in at Nashville, saw some friends, and then it was straight to go get Ellie, my dog, in Wilmington, North Carolina. And I picked up Ellie, and we went straight up to Connecticut, back to where pretty much we started our run, stayed with my parents, went up to New Hampshire, hung out with Rich Rebuilds, went to Cape Cod, went from Cape Cod back to Stamford. This is over a couple days, of course, and then did an overnight run from Stamford, Connecticut to Marco Island, Florida, the same exact run as the Kona Electric that I did. And that's because my parents live in both places. And um, just straight through Ellie in the back seat, nonstop in the car. We probably set another record of some kind and uh, met some new family of ours in Florida, which was really great to get to meet them. We had just never connected over the last years. So really, really a good time. After that, went straight to Atlanta, where I got to meet uh, Ed Bolian of VinWiki. We had been conversing, of course, about the cannonball, but we hadn't met in person. So we hung out. I got to tell a VinWiki story, and we only had time for one, but there'll be more in the future, I'm sure. And, um, and then on the way home, I just texted Rob Pitts. I mean, we were friends on Facebook. We've conversed a couple of times. I'm like, hey, man, I just want to come in and say hey. And he's like, let's do a radio show. Like, sounds very cool. I've never done radio, but let's do it. So he invites me onto his show. It's called Hot Rods and Happy Hour, and that'll be a podcast as well as a FM station in Greenville, South Carolina. 
And I did that last night. We recorded for about four hours. It'll be an hour or two long show. And um, then I drove straight back home to Raleigh, pulled in at four o'clock this morning. And uh, that completed the 13 and a half thousand mile road trip over four weeks. 